Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. All right, Southern California, and welcome to yet another exciting edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. And today we are going to do a different kind of topic, yet another topic I haven't done for about two years on KFOX, and we're going to talk about your mother and your father today, the maternal and the paternal influence in the natal chart. If you would like me to take a look at your natal chart and you know where your sun and your moon are, then we can analyze your mom or your dad. You take your choice to see what kind of karma is involved with your parents. So karma in the natal chart, if any, with mommy and daddy today. This show is dedicated to two of the most wonderful parents in the megaverse, Fred and Beatrice Malaris. And thank God for giving me two wonderful, happy, healthy, intelligent people as parents. Welcome to the Astrology Hour. And this is one of my favorite topics, of course, because I think there's no other finer way to understand your parents and the influence that they had with you, especially in your childhood and in your life. And I have found this an excellent way to prove how astrology works and the power of astrology by analyzing, understanding, and respecting the parental vibration. So this is a hot topic. And a lot of people, of course, are very much interested in their parents and their mom and dad. And I want to tell you something. Even if you don't have any parents, or you lost your father or your mother or both at birth, or even if you're adopted, or even if you don't even know who your father or mother is, let me tell you that everybody in their own hearts and in their own minds, somewhere in their lives, sometimes in their lives, will adopt a father or a mother figure. And the whole purpose of today's topic is to understand that very paternal and maternal influence. Every one of us, whether we knows it or not, we adopt a paternal figure or a maternal figure. So if you don't have parents or if they have passed into the light or if one of them or both of them is missing, have no fear. What we're talking about today for you, those individuals that have no natal parents or for whatever reason would still have to focus on you know who because you must have identified someone along the line as that mother or father figure. My my dad always looked at his mom, my grandmother, Bessie, Elizabeth, Melora says uh, a person who was both mother and father in his life because my grandpa Meyer uh, passed away. He was a Leo when he was 36 years old. Can you imagine having six children then dying of pneumonia at 36, my dad being the youngest a year old? So dad said, well, my mom and dad were both focused in his mother, my grandmother Bessie, who we used to call Baba back then. And uh, frankly, you can also look at the maternal and the paternal influence in your chart as far as understanding grandparents and grandmother and grandfather. So let's take a look exactly at what we do identify. Let's take a look at the natal chart. And the fun thing about the natal chart is that this is a creation of our own selves, of our own souls, as far as life mission that we want to acquire during this particular life cycle. Now, whether you want to believe this or not, I firmly believe, and I am sure in my own rights, that uh, we choose our parents, Okay, that we manifest our parents, and that, that there is an exact, explicit purpose why we either do manifest parents or why we ended up with adopted parents or why we have just one parent or maybe no parents, maybe a brother or a sister or even neighbors will act as our parents. But whoever ends up raising us, if any, 
then those would be identified as the parents. The maternal figure can be zeroed in on and analyzed as far as karma with that figure, as far as life's influence, as far as major absorption vibration from that entity to our lives as the moon sign. So the moon is known as the mother vibration. As far as the paternal vibration is concerned, or which vibration would be focused on or zeroed in on as far as the father side, would be the sun. So we, we take a look at the sun as the father and the moon as the mother. Very, very simple. Now there's a lot of things you want to take into consideration. Number one, first of all, what sign is your sun in? And let's, let's take the sun first, for example. The sun being the father, and I always use my chart as an example. And my son is in Leo in the 10th house. And hence, my father is a very, very Leo 9 type person. Very enthusiastic, very aggressive, very gregarious, extremely creative. And a fun father, somebody into sports and somebody into traveling and having a good time. And my son's in the 10th house, which is the success father. See, wherever the son is, according to sign and house, can many times epitomize the paternal influence. For example... If you have son in Pisces in the 12th house, you might not even know your father. He might be missing. Or if you have son in the 8th house or in Scorpio, then your father might have been ripped out of your life through a divorce or may have possibly died or passed away. Or he may just be very, very intense and extreme and difficult to get to know if his son is in the 8th house or in Scorpio. Now, obviously, because the sun also rules identity and purpose and the soul's growth, and because the moon rules emotional factors, right, we do receive a tremendous vibratory pull and injection, of course, from the mother and the father in our lives. So it's very, very important along these lines to recognize the massive effect that the sun and the moon have in our chart, not only for what their personal definition is to our life purpose, but also because the mother and the father do, in fact, affect us, and we can analyze this effect astrologically. Now, let's take a look at a few other things. Let's say that sun may be in the seventh house in the chart, or in Libra. In many ways, the father could represent a friend or a counselor, more than just a father, somebody that could represent balance in our life, or someone that can help teach us and guide us into relationships, Him, this person being very much into relationships. See, usually where the sun lies in our natal chart will tell us a heck of a lot about our fathers without even looking at our father's charts. Now, for example, another thing you want to be aware of is the natal aspects, and this will tell you the type of karma that you had with your father in previous lifetimes, or dharma. I have sun in Leo, trine Jupiter and Sagittarius, which, which makes us very, very close throughout many lifetimes. And then that sun is also square the moon, which whenever we have squares to the sun or the moon in our natal chart, usually that's a parental reversal, you know, which usually means that I was the father once before and he was my son. And because my moon is also squaring planets in my chart, that would mean that I would be father or mother to my mother. So these two people were probably my children. <laughs> Whenever you have squares to the sun or the moon, then you're dealing with parental reversals, and any karmic stress that may have been laid out negatively would then so be returned. That is why when we zero in on squares to the sun or the moon, we always designate nail stress in the childhood coming from the father and the mother, which is like a return of a particular vibration that had been set out in a past life. So many times it's very, very important to understand and to embrace your squares and to zero in on your squares as a powerful reflection of a vibration that you yourself set forth as parents. That's why it's not really fun or nice or appropriate karmically to blame your parents for the way they raised you or for things that they might have done to you because if you have squares on the sun and the moon in the chart, 
then that is definitely a return of a vibration that you yourself might have set forth. And let's face it, being a parent in the Middle Ages might have been a little bit more harsher than being a parent in the 20th centuries, right? So whatever we're getting back might not be near as intense as it was in previous lifetimes. Going even beyond that, if we have oppositions on the sun or the moon, that would actually show almost physical abuse or possible molestation of an individual from a past life. This can go beyond just being someone else's parent in a reversal. If you have oppositions on the sun or the moon, then these people that you might have chosen as parents may have actually even been your worst enemies, or people that might have even hurt you or harmed you physically, maybe even killed you, or vice versa, right? Like, let's say that you were a warrior and that you tortured a couple of individuals in the Middle Ages in the 1500s, and then you were born in this life with a sun-opposed moon and a moon-conjunct Uranus, so you had a sun-opposed Uranus and a sun-conjunct Pluto, so you had a moon-opposed sun-Pluto in your chart, a double whammy opposition to the sun and the moon. Well, this could create a very, very hectic, sometimes violent environment in the childhood and may also mean that the two people you had tortured in past lives were the two people that you would now choose as parents. And the return of that karma or that physical vibration that was so hostile would be something that we would experience. And once again, it is not our position to blame or accuse or reject or put down our parents because they are mean or hostile to us because everything is perfect in metaphysics, then there's a reason for everything. And if we are born to a hostile environment, whether it's emotionally, physically, mentally, or spiritually, then this is a karmic situation or a payback or a debt that we must evolve, absolve, embrace, and propel ourselves from in order not to fall down. And understanding this in perspective will definitely help you live your life a lot better. You know, because a lot of us go through these torturous childhoods when we are born to our worst enemies, and some of us want to become parents and have babies, and we don't realize that that we ourselves were the victims to these children in past lives, and when they're born, they give us a lot of trouble, and they may get into drugs and alcohol, or we might get into drugs and alcohol escaping from them, and then there's hostility, lots of spanking, hitting, beating, whatever, and, and then we look in their charts, and we see, wow, my child has this opposition to their moon, or this opposition to their sun, and Here I am yelling at them and hitting them all the time and walking around the house blithering, drunk all the time, and there it is right there in the chart. The child was shown a heavy, heavy opposition karma with the parents in their life, and Farley was right. Another thing we look at that's very fascinating is when you have planets in the first house, which is the childhood house, especially the sun or the moon, like me. I have moon in the first, and my mother was very strict, you know, and she was very worried about me all the time. Moon being emotions and the planet of worry, the lord of cancer, right? When I have a Scorpio moon in the first house with four squares on it, my mother was so protective and so worried and so disciplinarian that sometimes her worry actually manifested negatives in my life because I started to believe in it too. So every time she said, don't do this, don't do that, because this will happen, because that will happen, and it always, the because of this would happen, did happen. You know, like a long time ago, she said, please don't buy a red sports car because I think you're going to die, God forbid, she'd always add, in that sports car. And after she predicted the BB gun incident, when I caught a ricochet in my right eye, and whenever I see a red sports car, I go, oh no, <laughs> I'm not going to get in that car. No way. I know I know how the power of the mind works. So, uh, you know, when you have four squares on your moon like that, a lot of times that will mean that I myself was mother to my mother in a past life, and I was also just as worried and just as protective. See, everything is a reflection, and you can actually sense and feel and embrace the oneness that you share with all people, especially in your family, by checking out the reversals that go on between the parents and the children from lifetime to lifetime. Nothing happens in your family with your parents as an accident. If you're the son or the daughter of rich parents and they don't want to give you any money, 
There's a reason for that. <laughs> Maybe you were their parents and you didn't give them any money for many, many lifetimes. So this is the way it goes down. You know, this is the payback on that situation. So you really do learn a lot. I really learned to validate the power of astrology by just understanding the mother and the father in the natal chart. So that is why it's important for you to analyze your sun and your moon. And you can also look a little deeper and, and look at the sun and try to figure out the grandfather effect, the moon, and try to figure out the grandmother effect. And it can make a lot of sense and be a lot of fun to you. You know, like a lot of people might have their sun or the moon in the second house with trines or sextals on it might show a rich or a wealthy or a money or a love-oriented parent. And with squares and oppositions might show a money karma with yourself and the parents, depending on whether it's the sun or the moon. You might have sun or moon in the third house and your parents could be extremely psychological or sometimes psycho <laughs> if you have the squares and oppositions there. And like I say, you absorb this energy from your sun and your moon and your natal chart. So the psychological impact and the psychological effect from third house aspects coming from mom or dad, if they seem deranged to you, can be something you could inherit. It's so funny that we have such a tremendous impact from our mom and dad, not only innately in our environment, but in astrologically, that we find ourselves actually being just like them as we grow up and as we become mature. And we actually manifest the same exact behavioral patterns that we didn't like in them when we were raised by them, but now we find ourselves acting and being just like them, <laughs> so totally inheriting these traits and tendencies. The sun or the moon in the fourth house or in cancer would be a security-conscious parent, many times very tender and loving, but also extremely emotional. Sun or moon in the fifth house would be a dominant parent, sun or moon in Leo, of course, like my dad, very stubborn, very dominant, very aggressive, very controlling, and also very creative, always into ideas and creation and manifestation. Sun or moon in the sixth house in our charts would show the workaholic mom or dad or perhaps someone involved in medicine or in nursing, doctors, anything to do with health situations or the service industry. Sun or moon in the seventh house, our parent would be more than just a parent. They would be like a partner, like a companion, like a close friend, somebody we can sit down and talk to. Sun or moon in the eighth house could show an intense parent or a parent missing sometimes a parent that has passed away, sometimes prematurely. It might show a sexual involvement with mom or dad. If sun or moon was in the eighth house or in Scorpio, or we had a Scorpio planet Pluto in the first house, or any Scorpio rising with Scorpio planets in the first house, could be some kind of sexual karma there with the parents. Sun or moon in the ninth house would show the traveling parent, the philosopher, the teacher, perhaps college professor, or maybe a foreign parent or a mixed marriage of some kind. Also, a very funny, happy, clown-like situation with parents, sun, moon, in the ninth, very independent. Like my chart, sun or moon in the tenth would show the career parent, very ambitious, extremely successful-oriented. And, of course, we absorb that, too. And sun or moon in the eleventh house would show a parent as best friend, or possible best friend, depending on the aspects. Of course, squares and oppositions would create the dream of having a parent as a best friend, and the squares and oppositions might remove that possibility, as great as we would desire that. And then... Sun or moon in the 12th house could show either a very spiritual parent or on the other end of the fence, a very self-destructive parent like the drug addict or the alcoholic and sometimes the parent that splits or misses. There's a mystery about one or both of the parents, an unknown factor that seems to surround them. Interesting topic, huh? Your mother and your father in your natal chart, something I feel that needs to be brought back to the show every once in a while for our new listeners and people that have never heard that topic. This is KFOX 93.5 FM, where you can hear the Astrology Hour weekdays from 12 noon to 1 o'clock, and then you can go party the rest of the weekend, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But 12 noon to 2 o'clock on Tuesdays for two hours. I think one of the biggest problems that I have had in my life 
is that when you have powerful parents, let's face it, when you have an, a Leo sun in the 10th and a Scorpio moon in the 1st, you got to believe that my parents are very intense, they're very powerful, they're like lords and ladies you know, from past lives, and they are very, very hardworking people, fanatical in their dreams and ideals. And when they raised little Farley, maybe they weren't aware of, of how sensitive and vulnerable I was, and maybe sometimes they were a little bit too hard on me. But, you know, the fun thing about astrology that I love is it explains things. And if you go through your life, and if you hold remorse or guilt or anxiety or hate towards your parents without fully understanding the karma that you can discover in your own chart, for me, astrology is a human vibration science that is, of course, controlled by the universe that explains to us why things are the way they are. When I saw my chart and saw the sun and the moon and started to embrace the possibility that I myself was exactly the same kind of parent that both of them are now in past lives, I understood the whole thing. The whole thing came back in perfect perspective. You know, a lot of people spend millions of dollars on therapy. They walk around with hate and anger and anxiety towards their parents. I say, hey, embrace the whole thing and understand it as a payback, as a reflection of your own past parent self, and understand that you are here to learn and to grow and to evolve, and you're not going to move forward unless you embrace the whole thing and write it off as a karma. Because so many people out there are angry at their parents. You know what? They're really angry at their own past selves. They were the ones that were the jerks. The reason why your parents act the way they do, it's almost like a cosmic instinct. There's something there, usually in their own karmic patterns or their own personal environments. Of course, they might create another negative vibration in their own lives and have to come back and relive that maybe again as your children. It's funny how we are always given the choice to make a peace with the parents, to embrace the way they are, and they vice versa embrace the way we are, and then the karmic reflection, the cycle stops. And maybe all of the above are finally allowed to go into the light or evolve beyond really cosmically being the most mature person as far as raising a child is concerned. Thank God and thank yourself if you are born with a natal chart where the sun and the moon are unafflicted. If you have sun and moon unafflicted with trines and sextals and chart ruler, meaning the ruling planet of your rising sign house, also unafflicted, and your first house is void of first house planets or has first house planets, also unafflicted, then these are people that have definitely evolved to blessed childhoods. I'll say majority of the time, they will have blessed childhoods and they will have blessed situations in their chart surrounding their environment. These are situations when you look at your parents and you happen to be raised by two wonderful parents and you don't understand why everyone else seems to be having problems with their parents because that's their karma. And if you happen to have a dharmic vibration or relationship with your parents, maybe there's no other pair of people in the world you have anything to work out with, but usually, many times, you're either born to those two people that were your children in past life that you do owe a debt to, or you are born to two of your worst enemies that you're also meant to work make out a peace to. And it's best to understand that by analyzation of the natal chart. And in so doing that, you can embrace it, you can love it, you can bless it, send it into the light, and be that much happier without carrying around this ugly monster anchor around with you that makes your parents out to be the villains and you out to be the victim, because that's not the way it is. Nothing happens by accident. Everything in the universe happens for a reason. Everything is perfect. A lot of people don't like to hear that. A lot of people are saying there's people dying out there of leprosy and of starvation and of hunger. There's people out there being violently raped and violently killed. There's people out there dying of AIDS and of cancer. I'm sorry, but there's a reason for everything. I do believe that God is a merciful force. And I do believe 
that people are meant to experience situations for their own personal karmic growth. And I know that a lot of people are in a lot of pain, and I pray for them. And I pray for this planet, and I pray for you, and I pray for me. And whenever I have a birthday and I make a wish, I always make that wish to be love and peace and health on planet Earth for all the people, all the time. And if everybody would do that, maybe we could turn this whole thing around. But you know, absolving karma and love and truth and unity and oneness starts in the home with the family and the children and the parents. If you want to overcome some of these natal aspects to your sun and your moon, then throw off the anger, throw off the hate, throw off the avarice and throw off the malice and embrace what you have as a reflection of your own past and current and possibly former self. And once again, this topic is dedicated to the two most wonderful people in the world, my son Square Moon, <laughs> mom and dad, Fred Malaris and Beatrice Malaris, and God bless you wherever you are. Hope you're listening. And happy Father's Day to all the fathers, and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, wherever you are, every day. Let's go to the phones now. Let's go to Allison, May 21st, 63, Aquarius Rising. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. My question is different than the topic. Okay. Okay, I'm a craftsperson, and I'm going to sell my wares this summer, and I'd like you to tell me uh, what would be a good weekend. What Aquarius Rising are you? What degree? Ten. Ten Aquarius. So, wow, Pluto's right on your midheaven right now, and that's real fine for you. Let's see if we can get some water support here. You know what? This would have been the weekend and last weekend, frankly. Because, see, Mars is trying your midheaven, Pluto and Neptune sitting right on top. Now, actually, is it too late? Yeah, it is. Oh, you know what? Why don't you find yourself a street corner somewhere (laughs) and just sit out there? Because this is it. Really? This is the weekend. Yeah, this is a big one. You'd make a ton of money right now. Huh. Is there anything like in August, I guess, now? Well, maybe, but, okay, I'll tell you what. I would think... The last weekend in June, you know, like June the 25th and 26th is nice. Okay. Another one in July, we're talking right around the 9th and 10th, 16th, 17th, and 18th area. Okay. And then when we get around August, we're looking at a killing here for you in in finances. You should make a $1,000 deposit or something. Right on. 13th and 14th and the 20th and the 21st. Okay, great. (laughs) Bye, Allison. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Let's go to Ray, or Roy, I think it's Ray, who is a Gemini Leo Rising. Hi. Hi, Farley. Is it Ray? It's Ray. Hey, dude, how'd you like that topic? Oh, it was a really heavy topic, Farley. Especially for people that hate their parents, right? <laughs> Just like, don't want, I don't want to hear that, Farley. I, you know. I can imagine. So but I get along pretty well with both of my parents. The son in the 11th house, and me and my dad are sort of like best buddies, and the moon in 7th house, my mom, she's really great. I mean, just last night she offered to send me uh, a free ticket to come home. See, you relate to the topic because when Moon's in the seventh, it's almost like having a romance. Not sexual, but there's a real romantic involvement with the mother and the son. Huh? Real fondness and tenderness. And like I say, son in the eleventh is best friends with the dad. You've been blessed with that chart. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's cool. Thanks, brother. Yeah, I, I should say thanks, God. <laughs> no, thanks, Farley, but thanks, God, too, right? <laughs> bye. Bye. Bye, bye. Okay, let's go to Susan on line number four, a Capricorn Libra rising. Hi, Susan. Hi, Farley. Yo. Hi, I've been listening to you for a couple of weeks. I really love your show. I've been studying astrology off and off for something like 20 years. Oh, cool. And uh, But I can't seem to give myself much advice, and I need your help today. Maybe, okay. 
No, what do you need, honey? I'll help. I'd like to know what's going on with all this Uranus, uh, Saturn, <laughs> I'd like to know what's going on with this Uranus. Chart. <laughs> yeah, really. I want to know what's going on, too. Yeah, it seems to be sitting on my sun and my Mercury, and I have all these things going on in my head. Well, what house is your Jupiter and Virgo in, the, the 12th? 12. That's the problem. See, Saturn and Uranus are both backing up, and they're going to square that Jupiter. They're going to double whammy that Jupiter. And they're all in your third house, I think, right? Uh-huh. And what that means, that's a lot of details, a lot of responsibilities, lots of short trips, and, and lots of deadlines, and, and bills to be paid, and, and responsibilities, and you aggravating yourself, or anchoring yourself, or making yourself sick, preventing you sometimes from being as fluid, and from being as smooth in the operation. The heaviest part of this transit is to ride it like a bucking bronco, and don't take that bronco serious or personal, and don't think about getting hurt. Just enjoy the ride and take care of all the details as they strike, something's going on that's hidden, like some hidden responsibility that you might need to do, like visit someone in the hospital or help someone. To jury duty. Yeah, that could be something too, government situations, taxes. So just keep your eyes open and ride the transit, and when weird things come down that require responsibility or worry, then you'll know that's part of the transit, okay? Okay, and keep on riding, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good way to channel it all. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I can suggest the book, Secrets from a Stargazer's Notebook, by my good buddy in the business, Debbie Kempton-Smith, one of the world-famous astrologers in the world, and that's Secrets from a Stargazer's Notebook, or Astrology for Yourself, by Douglas Block. Two wonderful books, and you can buy them at most of your better bookstores. Okay, this is KFOX 93.5 FM, where you can hear the Astrology Hour weekdays at 12 noon to 1 o'clock on KFOX 93.5 FM in Redondo Beach home of the world-famous Redondo Beach Pier, or formerly the Burnt Pier. Also, uh, we're here 12 to 2 o'clock on Tuesdays, and then you can meditate the rest of your day if you'd like after that, whatever you want to do. No problem. Just, just hang in there with us from 12 noon to 1 o'clock. Let's go to Eileen the Libra with Scorpio Rising, and how are you, Eileen? I'm fine, Farley. Welcome. Thank you. What's going on? Well, just about everything. I am pulled between asking you about a Fabian symbol and asking you about parents, and I think I'm going to go for the parents. <laughs> what house and sign is your son in? My son is in the 12th house. Wow. What sign? Oh, in, in Libra. Right. Well, is there something missing between you and your dad? We haven't really had a close relationship. He's a, a marvelous. I'm one of the blessed ones that have had wonderful, beautiful parents and a wonderful relationship with them. But we haven't been particularly, you know, buddy-buddy or anything like that. Is he like a mysterious kind of guy? He's very much to himself. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's kind of like a Piscean overtone in his personality then. Exactly. Does he have Pisces in his chart? Not particularly. He's more Capricorn and Sagittarius, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times when you have son in the 12th, mm-hmm. a lot of times the father's missing. He disappears at childhood, or he's not near as extrovert, you know, like as an Aries first house son or a Leo fifth house son or somebody that would be much more communicative, like a third house son in Gemini or something, you know, that father sitting down talking too much to you, you know. The 12th house son is like, Daddy, can we talk? And he's like, no, no, I'm I'm meditating. Okay. So where's your moon at? My moon is in the 6th house in Aries. Is your mom a worker? She would be. She's at home, but yeah, she works all the time. Is she more energy, high energy? Uh, They're both real high energy. They pretty much balance themselves trying to outdo. Do you think your mother is an analyzer and a critic? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so there's the sixth house, the Virgo influence. Oh, yeah. Now, let's see. Do you have trines and sextiles on both your sun and your moon? Not really. What do you got on the moon? The moon I've got 
Just the opposition to the sun and opposition to Neptune. Mm-hmm. Did something happen between you and your mother that was hostile? Absolutely. Really? <laughs> so there's that opposition then, huh? Well, you've embraced that, though. You've worked that out, though, huh? Yeah. yeah. Very good. All right. Thank you for sharing that with us. Bye-bye. Bye. Interesting stuff being validated on the show. Bonnie is a Sag Libra rising. Hi. Hi, Farley. Yo, Bon. Hi. Oh, can I help you? Uh, Yeah. um, Farley, I wanted to go with the topic today. I've always had problems with my parents. Are they still alive? My father isn't, but my mother is. Okay. And uh, she, let's see, my moon I look at there, that's one Leo. Yeah. And the 10th house. Oh, your moon's opposed Saturn in Aquarius. Wow, that's a big one. <laughs> wow, has there well, been I mean, any... I think I was left on the doorstep, but they deny it. <laughs> has there been some hostile fighting between the two of you? Not really. I became spiritual uh-huh. over the whole thing. I mean, you know, I just became my own parent. Good. Did something happen in the childhood that really turned you off to your mother? Well, I think she was just too young when she had me. I see. And uh, she uh, wanted uh, her freedom, so I've had, you know, many divorces and uh, many new parents entering the picture. Did you feel rejected or abused as a child? Yes. Did she physically hurt you? No, not physically. But just emotionally? Emotionally, uh Uh and it's very hard to deal with. Did this topic today help you see it? Yes, and I plan to play it over and over again. Oh, very good. I'm proud of that for you. Yes. Well, whenever there's a moon-Saturn aspect, Bonnie, Uh or a sun-Saturn aspect, then that will could possibly plug your major karma in life with the parent. Uh-huh. So one of the major reasons why you were born in this lifetime would be to try to work this out and make a peace with your mother. Heavy, huh? It's heavy. <laughs> I'm just wondering, though, because I think it's time for her to grow up. Could this be a part of the peace? I don't know. It depends with what happened with you in the past life when you were the mother and she was the daughter, and also whether or not she's flexible enough to eventually reach that level of growth. Uh-huh. Well, I know I am. Yeah. You know, I would keep... It's not out of hostility. It's out of... uh, Because, like I say, I turned spiritual. I turned to metaphysics. And Uh now I'm trying astrology. Yeah. Uh, Not with mother in mind, but just that, you know, I'm open to this. Yeah. Sometimes being aware of what buttons she's pressed in the past and then using things like neuro-linguistic programming to reprogram that. Uh Uh-huh. Okay? Okay, that sounds great, Farley. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Denise now on line six, a Sagittarius with Capricorn rising. Denise? Hi, I'm a Capricorn and I would like to know what 1018 is. 1018 Capricorn? 1019. So Denise, you're not in school today? Nope. What are you, 11 or 10 years old? 10. How'd you get off school? Because I just moved in and like, we're looking for a school. Really? Where'd you move from? From Linwood to Long Beach. Uh Who's your favorite cartoon character? Um, I would have to say Jim. Who? Jim. Who's Jim? Is she a cartoon? Yeah. When's she on? 7.30 in the morning. What channel? Um, 13. I'll have to watch that. So you're into astrology. You're going to be an astrologer? No, I don't don't think so. You listen to the show a lot? Yeah, with my mom sometimes. Oh, that's sweet. Did you know what today's Kids Day? Did you know that? No. (laughs) Yeah, it's Kids Day. Okay, the 10th degree of Capricorn is a calling forth of the instincts to love. It's the most loving degree of Capricorn, and it's also a sign to not be too judgmental on others. Do you know what that means? That means you don't want to judge people and and make them seem bad or something wrong with them unless you hear all the facts. (laughs) Are you a very loving little girl? Yes. Do you have a lot of loving people in your life? Yes. I love you. 
Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> What's your mommy's name? Pixie. Is she listening? Yes, just taping it. Oh, tell Pixie I love her too, okay? Okay. Thanks for calling, Denise. What are you going to do this weekend? Oh, I don't know. I'll probably help my mom unpack some more things. You going to play with some dolls too? Yeah. My next door neighbor's going to go, and we're going to go to a school, of, um, like a street class, and we're going to play basketball. All right. I play basketball. Tell Mommy I said to buy you an Apple computer, okay? Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, sweetie. <laughs> when the kids call, it's a special time for me. We've been having lots of little kids call the show, and it just it makes my day. You know, it really does make me happy. Okay. <laughs> I'm tickled here. Let's go over here now to our next caller. Linda got disconnected, so we'll talk to Martha on line number one, the Aries with the Aries, double Aries. Hi, Martha. Hi, Far. How you doing? Excellent. Good. You're back, huh? Yes. You came back from Pennsylvania? Oh, no, no, different Martha. Oh, okay. I was going to work on the pier. Okay. Okay. Yeah, what can we do for you? I wanted to check out my chart against someone else's. Oh, is this a man? Yes. Okay, and what is his birthday? 8-19-55. 8 uh-huh. Okay, is this somebody you just met? No, actually, it was someone I used to work with, and there's just a closeness. Mm-hmm. Well, you have your own share of karma with men, you know. <laughs> it's like they come in and then they go out, just like the waves at Redondo Pier here. Leos are good for you in general because there's a real warm bonding between Leo and Aries, okay? This is a dominant and a stubborn man, so not near as tender and loving as you might be, but sort of a controlling Leo, somebody who might not seem at first to want his way, but he really may want his way. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a challenging relationship, but I do think as long as you understand the power and the control that he might need at times, that might help you. You are going through a lot of transformations with men right now, okay? Okay. Are you laughing? Yes. Well, I'm glad you're laughing. It's better than crying. Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. And uh, now, let's see. Let's go to Maxine Aleo, born August 8th, 1931, and she's cancer rising. Hi, Max. Hi. Yeah, I was one of those people who got cut off, and I barely got back to you. Well, thanks for calling back. I was very interested in your topic today. I'd like to elaborate on it, but I do have a special question, though. Okay. I have a, an opportunity that's going to be presenting itself Monday, a business opportunity, and I don't know whether I should get back into a, a business that I have once done, and um, I don't know whether I'll have to invest in it or if I, what I should do. I think that you are being set up here for the biggest financial wave of your whole life, and I'm not sure whether this is the particular thing that's going to do it, but it appears 1988, 1989 may be some of the biggest bank deposits in your memory as far as in your life. Be forewarned that the moon wobble will be over next Thursday on the 16th. And after that, final decisions and contracts signed for business, there'll be a much better energy connected with that. Also, Mercury will be out of retrograde. It'll be direct on the 24th at 3.40 p.m. And then the vibrations for new beginnings will be further enhanced, okay? So anything after the 24th. Right. Good luck, sweetie. I have what it's masked, one thing on that uh, topic today. Yeah? My father died when I was uh, two, and I didn't know him. But my moon is in um, the 11th house. I didn't quite... I'm trying to get back to you. I missed part of the show. Well, the moon in the 11th can mean the mother could be the best friend. Oh, okay. Well, that was. But my father... Oh, the sun is in the first house. Okay, the sun in the first house. Did it have any squares on it or oppositions? Um, the sun had a... Um, it's trying with Uranus. Mm-hmm. Well, huh. It's something I'd probably have to look a little deeper into to understand why your father didn't survive. Maybe some aspect occurred 
when you were that age that would take him away from you like that.、Uh-huh. But I don't see anything clearly defining it. Although your father was probably a very aware being and wasn't meant to stay around that long.、Uh-huh. Thank you, hon. I thank you very much. Bye bye. The Astrology Hour is a public supported show. See you real soon weekdays on the Fox at twelve noon. I love you. Have a great weekend. Go Lakers! They're gonna win. Bye.